Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. And so this morning, uh, my, my topic is crowning your year, crowning your year. And so before we get deep into the word, it's extremely important for us to establish in the scriptures who God is. Because if we don't establish who God is, our expectation, um, our, our faith will not be alive because we won't be able to depend. Um, oh, let me say it this way. When we know who God is, we can connect our faith. We can connect our expectation and we can connect our hope to who he is. And in essence, we put God on the hook for bringing certain things to pass, not only in our lives, but in the lives of people in our communities and so forth and so on. So throughout the scriptures, we, we see that God is good. All throughout the scriptures, you'll see, particularly in the Old Testament, you'll see this entire uh, revelation that God is extremely good. And there's a scripture in Psalms 100 verse 5. It says, for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting. So I want you to, as you hear that scripture, I want you to, to know in your spirit, for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth, very important, because it is the knowing of the truth that sets us free. His truth endures throughout all generations. And so even when we go to Psalm 85, verse 12, it says, yes, the Lord will, Psalms 85, verse 12, it says, yes, the Lord will give what is good. The Lord will give what is good and our land, our business, our family, our church will yield its increase. I like this. And, and even in Psalm 31 verse 19, it says, oh, how great. And, and remember, we're establishing a truth that the Lord is good. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those that fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you. I want to establish this again. Psalm 31, verse 19. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you. These are those that revere you. These are the, the people that adore you. And so for those of you that adore God, for those of you that reverence God, for those of you that love God, what he is saying is that his goodness that is available to you is tremendous. And then in Psalms 107 verse 8, he says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. I will read it one more time. It says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. That's you. That's me. We give thanks because the Lord is good. We give thanks because we can expect an outpouring of his goodness because goodness is a part 
of the nature of God. And the scripture says he is good. And even when we go into the New Testament, he says in John verse 10, verse 11, he declares once again his nature and who he is. And so I can, and so he's, he's establishing this truth so that we can trust him, so that we can believe in him, so that we can have expectation. He says this, I am the good shepherd. <laughs> so he's, 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 God is laying this foundation for us that he wants us to step into this reality and step into this uh, revelation of the goodness of God. Amen. And then in Psalms 23, verse 6, he says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. And that word follow actually means run after me. So in essence, God is saying that his goodness for your life is running after you. Oh my goodness. His goodness for your life is actually running after you and it will, it will happen all of the days of your life. And he says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so you might ask, let me give you this uh, definition before we establish another truth. The definition for goodness is, is bounty, which means liberality in bestowing gifts. Goodness means that he's going to, God is going to bring his prosperity his satisfaction, his joy, his kindness, and his graciousness. In other words, he is going to, when he, when he says that my goodness is laid up for you, what he's saying is, I'm going to extend my kindness. I'm going to lean towards you. I'm going to uh, exhibit uh, my satisfaction in you. I'm going to give you a bounty. I'm going to give you a reward uh, for your life. Now, oftentimes, now here's our, here's our challenge. Oftentimes we We experience, um, we move from one year to the next, and there's this great excitement on New Year's Eve. And then there's this excitement when we step into uh, the new year. And then all of a sudden, slowly but surely, I don't know about you, but I know this is the case for a lot of people, and I've, I've been there myself. All of a sudden, that excitement starts to wane. That excitement, excitement starts to die down, and as we get uh, deeper in the year, sometimes the year can get darker. Sometimes the year can be uh, discouraging. And so, quite frankly, many people begin to lose hope. They begin to lose their fight and their expectation for the year. And so I want to this morning give you hope and an expectation in terms of what you can expect for the new year. And the first thing I, I've done is I've established it on the premise that God is good and he is full of goodness. He is full of grace. He is full of mercy and favor, and you can connect your expectation, you can connect your faith to who he is, 
And whatever challenge, whatever struggle you might be having or whatever is coming up for this new year, I want you to have the ability to build your case to war a good warfare so that you will have an excellent year. And so God is very concerned about how our year goes. He is, he's extremely concerned about how our year goes. And so I want to prove this point to you by reading Psalm 65, verse 11. David said, you crown, whew, my goodness, you crown the year. And for us, that year is 2022. You crown, that means you, and, and, and I want you to see the implications of the kingdom, that your year, this prophetic year, this year of 2022, is crowned with the goodness of God. What does that mean? This year for you, for me, for your family, for your community, this year will be crowned with the bounty of God. This year will be crowned with the, the favor of God. It will be crowned with the grace, the kindness, the satisfaction of God. And then he says this, and your paths, not our path, <laughs> your paths, drip with abundance. So as the Lord crowns the year with goodness, his desire for us is to walk in the path for us to discern from the Holy Spirit. Lord, what is my path for this year? I want you to, I want you to write some of these things down. What is my path for this year that you are leading me to because the Lord says his path drips. He, I want you to get the imagery that the path that the Lord has ordained for you it is literally dripping with abundance. In other words it's full of favor. It's full of grace. That's why, that's why the, the Bible says that in all thy ways, trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. And in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And the paths are so important because the Lord is saying, I am going to crown you with the goodness of God. And the path that I lead you on it is overflowing with abundance. So I want you to think about, I want you to write this down. Who is the Lord this year? Who is the Lord asking you to meet? Who is the Lord? Who does the Lord want me to mentor? Who does the Lord want me to surprise? or to honor? Who is God asking me to, to visit? Who would the Lord like me to bless or to give to? And I want you to think about this. What is the Lord asking me to build? And where is he asking me to serve? Now, this, 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 this declaration in Psalm 65, 11 is so significant because in order for this to come to pass, we literally must declare over our year. I want you to get that down. We must literally declare that 2022 will be crowned with the goodness of God. So we need to declare from January to December that this entire year will be a year 
that is filled with the goodness of God. And so we have to declare that because if we, the Bible says that if we decree a thing, it shall be so. So he's asking us to, you, you have to build your case for a successful year. In other words, you'll start to live out the same existence that you've always had and you'll, quite frankly, you'll get tired of people saying to you, this is going to be your year. I know it, this is going to be your year. So how do we ensure that despite the challenges, despite whatever might come your way, this is absolutely going to be your year. You have to pray into the year. You have to declare every day that my year will be crowned with the goodness of God. And Father, lead me in a path or lead me in paths, plural, that are dripping with your abundance. And, and, and the Bible says that as you pray this, if you believe it in your heart, you shall have what you say. Write that down in the chat. It's important for you to, de to declare it because you shall possess everything that you say. So if you declare that as part of my year being crowned with the goodness of God, I'm going to enter into successful relationships. Part of my uh, year being uh, crowned with the goodness of God that all of my children will have full paid scholarships. Um, part of my year being crowned with the goodness of God is that I'm going to walk in another dimension in my relationship with God. I declare that new portals and new pathways will be open for me. I'm declaring this even for you right now. So you have to declare that these things shall exist for your year. And, and so we have hope in the word because God already established that he is good. God already established that goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, but you literally have to open your mouth and begin to declare that I shall be healed. You have to declare that I shall walk in tremendous opportunities. Now here's the other piece that I want to give you that's extremely important. I want you to realize that as God releases the blessing of his goodness upon your life, everything he does is never just for you. He releases, the Bible says to Abraham, and you are through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you, we are, we are the sons or the children of Abraham. So every blessing that God spoke to Abraham is mine. I'm going to say it slowly. Every blessing that God spoke to Abraham is mine because I believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So through accepting Jesus Christ, I inherit, oh my God, the blessing of Abraham. And so what did he say to Abraham? He said, I have blessed you. That means that I have empowered you. I have blessed you to be a blessing. And so I want you to know that the goodness of God that is going to be crowned upon your life, the paths of abundance that you are going to, to walk in, that other people will benefit based off of the blessing that is upon your life. And I don't want you to live um, out this reality that thinking that you are cursed. I want you to live out the reality that you are a tremendous blessing to, the, to every sphere of influence that you come in contact with. Now, let me tell you one other thing about blessing before I move on. Now, 
There's one dimension of blessing where God bestows his favor, his grace, and his kindness upon you. That's one dimension of blessing. But there's another dimension of blessing that we find in uh, Psalm 1, where it says, Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And so that word blessed means happy. But when you study the, the root of that word, he's saying that that word is, is called asher. And that word means that you are blessed when you go in the right direction. Oh my goodness, I hope you get this. In other words, there's a tremendous, the context is this. In the Hebrew culture, it was looked upon as, you were looked upon as being blessed if you were in the desert and you could find your way. Because if you couldn't find your way, you would be attacked by robbers and people would uh, steal from you and they would, uh, your life would take a different turn. And so God is saying that not only am I going to, when I, when I bless you, not only do I release my kindness, my grace, and my favor upon you, but you are blessed when you find the path that you are supposed to walk in. You are blessed, that's why he says in, in that's why he says in Psalm 65, 11, in your paths drip with abundance. And every time you walk in the pathway of the Lord, you will walk in, you are walking in tremendous blessing. I hope I'm making sense uh, to people. So it's not only the grace that comes from I'm crowning you, but I'm going to also direct your paths. And so here's the, here's the next thing that I want to tell you, that as God releases his goodness and he sets you up to walk in the path that he has ordained for you, it's extremely important for you to be aware of your identity because sometimes God can release an answer to prayer and if we don't know how to discern that that prayer has already been answered, if we don't know that, that sometimes God can answer a prayer and then give us the work and putting it together, we will forfeit, we will forfeit the reality that that prayer has already been answered. And so it's important to realize who you are in the kingdom of God. I want you to put this in the chat. It's important for you to realize who you are in the kingdom of God so that when God answers your prayer of crowning your year with goodness, you can discern how that prayer is going to be manifested or you can discern how or what that prayer is connected to. So the first realm of your identity, I want you to get this, I want you to realize that you are a lover. Somebody say, I'm a lover. If you're home, if you're home with your family, I want you to say to somebody, I'm a lover. People used to say when we were growing up, they said, I'm a lover, not a fighter. So I am a, a lover. I tell my wife this all the time. I am a lover and you are a lover. I want you to know this. There are certain things, my goodness, there are certain things that only lovers will see. There are certain things that only lovers will see. My, my uh, George Washington Carver, I read his book. He figured out 300 ways to do all types of 
uh, creative things with paint. And he said the following, anything, anything or anyone that you love long enough will reveal their secrets to you. So your first level of identity in Christ is you have to realize that I am a lover. That's why the Bible says you shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. So when the goodness of God is crowned upon you, the manifestation is going to come in your love life. The manifestation is not only going to come in your love life towards God, but it's going to manifest in your love life towards other people. It's going to manifest in your love life towards your spouse your love life towards your children. You have to declare, somebody put in that chat, I am a lover and only lovers will see the secrets of God. There are certain things that you will never experience if you are not a lover. You can do a whole lot of things and if you are not a lover, you'll never experience it. So let me give you my, let me give you the first scripture. It's 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. I'm going to read this to you. This one is for lovers. It says, but I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man, the things. That's your, that's your, that's, that's everything that you're desiring. God already knows what you want. He already knows what you desire. But he says, no eye has seen it. No ear has heard it, neither has it entered into the heart of man, plural, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So I want to submit to you today, if you continue to increase your love life with God, I'm not talking about, because there can be people in ministry that never love God. There can be people that serve and never love God. But I am saying to you, that you, if you improve your love life with God, you will enter into a dimension where eye has not even seen it, ear has not heard it, and it hasn't even entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Go to Romans 8.28. This is powerful. You, gotta, you have to realize that you are a lover, and lovers receive the goodness of God. Here it is. And we know that all things work together for good to those who what? Put it in the chat. To those who love God and who are the called according to his purpose. So people will believe, well, all things will work together to the, for those who, everything is not just going to work together, but it will work together for those who love God. That's why the first thing you got to lock in on is your love relationship with God. How, now, now, here, now, what are some, what are some um, indicators that you are a lover? Love equals time. I'm, you, you can't love someone and don't spend time with them. So how do I know you love me? You got to spend time with me. Spending time, I'm talking about chunks of time. You love God? Spend chunks of time with him. How do we know that we love? Love equals obey. If you love me, you will obey me. He told Peter, he said, Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. He said, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Now, how do, here, here's another indicator of love. Love believes. Mm, 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 mm. How do I know that I love God? I believe him. <laughs> How do I know that I love my spouse? I inspire belief in the household. How do I know that I love my daughter? I, I inspire hope for her future. So love, it believes, it hopes, it bears, it endures, it's kind. Now let me tell you, now, and, and then it tells you this, love never fails. Now I'm going to submit this to you. You can be in the worst situation in your life. You can hit rock bottom. But if you learn how to ride it out by maintaining your love relationship with God, 
he will impart certain things for you to do. That's why the first thing that the first thing that the enemy attacks, he tries to attack your relationships. He tries to snatch you away and you'll say things like this. Nobody loves me. God doesn't love me anymore. This wouldn't have happened to me if God loved me. And what I'm saying to you is that God loves you and you have to declare over yourself by opening your mouth, I am a lover. Now here's the other piece that I want to give you about love. This is critical. Love, love will create a plan for you. If you love someone, you will create a plan for them. I love my family. So as a result of my love for my family, we create a plan for the future. You don't believe it? Let me tell you how much God loves you. God loves you so much, he created a plan for you. How do I know that he created a plan? He said, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. And I ordained you to be X, Y, and Z. How do we know that he created a plan for you? He said, the lamb, Jesus Christ, the lamb was slain before the foundations of the world. And so he's saying that I am, I am such a lover of you that I created a plan for you. That's how, much, that's how much I love you. And so here's what I want you to, here's what I want you to embrace. That the goodness of God is connected to you being a lover of God. And so when you, when you are a lover, you are able to exude that love to other people where you're able to say, let me help my friend create a plan let me help my peers, let me help my neighbors create a plan because God will say, now listen, you can't love me who you don't see and not love those who you see. So you can't be the most hateful person on the job. You can't be the angriest person at church because God is saying, hmm, that's not love. That's not love. And so God is always wooing us to get our love life together. Let me go through these quickly because I want to give you something else. The second identity, the second identity that you have is that you are a witness. I want you to realize this. I am a witness. And the, the Bible says, you shall be my witness. So not only are you a lover, mm, but you are a witness. And so what does it mean to be a witness? A witness is a person that validates the claim. I saw it. He did this. He brought me out. He not only died, but he rose from the dead. And so as he is, so am I. So you are a witness for not only for what Jesus has done in past time, but you are a witness for what he did for you. You're a witness that he's a transformer. You are a witness that he is Lord. Let me give you the third one. Not only are you a lover, not only are you a witness, but somebody say, I am a prayer, plural, P-R-A-Y-E-R-S. I am a prayer. And so I offer prayers, right? And so Jesus said, Jesus says, when you pray. So the, so the assumption here is that not only are you going to pray, but you are going to have a life of prayer. So God is saying, I, no, 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 no. The way in which you will have authority in this life is you will learn how to tap in to the invisible realm, the realm where you uh, engage God, you engage the realm of the spirit. That's the metaphysical realm and you will negotiate with God. That's why he says, let us plead together. Let us talk together. You negotiate with God so that what is happening in the invisible realm 
shows up in the natural realm. That's why you have to identify yourself as a prayer. I am a lover. I am a witness. I am a prayer. And then the last one I will give you, and all of these, by the way, are, uh, is your identity as an ambassador, a citizen of the kingdom of God, by the way. And last one, I am a worshiper. Whew. Now here, I'm going to give you two dimensions of that, and then I'm going to move on. It's two dimensions of this. Number one, he is looking for you to open your mouth and give thanks, give praise, and give worship for who he is, no matter what is going on in your life, he is saying, you owe that to me. Oh, you owe me, you are in debt to me because of who I am. And you are going to worship me. And so I created you to worship. Now here's the other dimension of worship. The root word of worship is work. Mm, 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 mm. And so the other dimension of, of, of worship is when you discover the work that he has ordained for you to do, whether it's an engineer, whether it's an athlete, whether it's a coach, whether it's a block captain, Whatever that is, when you step into that arena, it is an act of worship. I want you to get that now. All right, now, here's, here's, the, here's the second dimension that I want to give you in these last 15 minutes, and it is extremely uh, important. There are things that God will do for you, it's just like, here, I'm going to do this for you. There's nothing you, there's nothing you have to do. I experienced it last night. My wife, she surprised me. She took me to this store and she said, you can get whatever you want. I was like, for real? So I went up each aisle. I think I left her in the store. I went up each aisle. Boom, I got this. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, honey, I think I want this. Hold on, hold on I, I think I want left the Left the store, my daughter was in the car, she said, wow. Hey, you, you did all that for dad? There are, there are certain, there's a, that was goodness. That was me experiencing the goodness of God from my wife. There are certain things that you will experience where you don't have to do anything. Boom, you got it. But then there's a realm, a dimension, a sphere where you, God will ask you to collaborate with him in order for certain things in your life, in the lives of others to come to pass. So sometimes... We can be sitting and waiting and say, well, why didn't that happen? No, 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 no. Daughter, son, he needs you to collaborate with him to bring that to pass. And so that's where we get to the point where we have to set goals. So I want, you, I want to share this with you. In light of who we are, our identity, I gave you those pieces. I'm a lover. I'm a witness. I'm a prayer. I'm a worshiper. In light of who we are, we must set goals in alignment with who we are in order to activate another dimension of the goodness of God to come upon our lives. It is your and mine spiritual responsibility to set goals. If you don't set goals for your life, you have already decided to let other people, to let the enemy, to let negative things run and eventually ruin your life. Equally important, it is important, it equally important you want to clarify areas you desire to grow in and areas where you know that you need 
to mature in. So it, it, it'll sound like this. What are the things I need to cooperate and agree with God about? I personally think we just, we need to take the whole month of January so that we can start to set our year up right. We care about you and we need to take that time so that we can sacrifice at least this first month so that it's, it's, it's you know, it's kind of the principle of first fruits that the first will control the rest. So if we get the first month right, the first month can steer the rest of the year. So when you're setting these goals, you want to think about what does God seek to do through my life? What type of person is God leading me to come, to become through the setting of my goals? And so I want to, I want to show you this quick scripture before I show you a diagram. Job 6 verse 11 talks about the importance of goals. He says, what strength do I have that I should hope? What is my end or what is my goal that I should prolong my life? Do you realize that sometimes your discouragement, sometimes your depression is a result of not being able to see your way out of something, not being able to see your way into a different body, a different look, a different house, a different relationship. So, so Job said, I'll lose my strength. I'll lose my hope if I don't have a goal. And the goal, Jesus, enables me to prolong my life. Anybody ever see a commercial for, for the BMW and they used to say, man, you can go from you can go from zero to 60. I'm like, this thing is crazy. Well, I experienced that about uh, two and a half years ago. I went from, <laughs> I went from a six-figure job to zero. Six figures to zero. Had to file for unemployment, collected it. The pandemic funds, it was a blessing. So I know what it means to go from six to nothing and have to figure that out and have to. And so God says, son, don't lose heart. I've given you enough that you can think this through. Now, I remember going to Abington Library and I was sitting in the quiet room. Sometimes in order to redirect your life, you got to get quiet. So I went to the quiet room. I had my computer had my Bible, and I had a notepad. And the Holy Spirit was saying, what can you do? What can you create? How can you leverage where you were and move that into a new future? And I began to set goals. And I'm proud to announce to you today, two and a half years later, I'm riding on the high places of the earth. And I am saying it was all because of this process of setting goals. So let me show you uh, quickly what this looks like. If you can, I'm going to show you on the screen, is seven areas of excellence. Woo! Seven areas that you must plan for. I'll start with the first one. Your spirituality in your character. So this deal, so, so God is God is not only interested in what you get, but he's interested in who you become. So this, and, and the spirituality and character dimension is extremely important because I just want, to, want you to get this. As he is, so are you. Just as God is good, you are good. Oh my goodness. The Bible says that the, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness. So that means that inside your clothes, deep within your spirit is goodness. Because you are like him. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness. So these are the dimensions that you have to work out. Spirituality and character. Personal development and growth. These are things where you have to create 
uh, your own program in terms of how you are going to get better. Because when you get better, your life will get better. How you're going to get better in your relationships, how you're going to get better um, in your, your skill set, your, you know, upgrading your credentials. And so your personal development and growth is extremely important. This is where you're, you have a program of, of books that you're reading, a, programs, a, 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 a program of um, things that you do on your own time to grow. Social and community activities, this really talks about how you will lend who you are um, to the community realm. And then of course, money and investments and health and fitness, which deals with your, uh, your body. You need your body to be in a certain space. And so um, that's why we're declaring that good, the goodness of God will meet all of these areas. Your, I call this, you know, some people call this business a career, but I call it your life's work. What do you see as your life's work? And what goals do you have for 2022 as it relates to your life's work? And so uh, my wife and I, we are uh, speakers, we're consultants, we do leadership development all over. And so we have a number of goals, we're entrepreneurs, we have a number of goals that we have as it relates to our life's work. And there's a tremendous amount of energy that is dedicated to that. And because of this life's work, we make a commitment to making sure some of these other areas are well balanced. And then uh, finally, your family and personal life. These are the folks that don't care what you do. This is, you need goals set for people that don't care what you do. These are the folks that are really concerned about who you are. And so I, I used to tell this story all the time. We, we, we were never concerned about how much money my dad made or what he did, but we were always concerned about his presence. And my father has been gone to glory for about 10 years, but I can still hear his voice. And that man was at every football game. That man was at every baseball game. And his voice, his voice, gave me such affirmation and such confidence. And so here's how you master the year. Let me go to the next slide. So you see the seven dimensions. This one is major. So oftentimes, uh, and you can joke about it in the chat, when does your year, what, what, at what point is your year just messed up? Is it January 2nd? You're like, man, after one week I tried the diet thing and I'm, I'm back to the cookies and crimpets. You know, I tried to go to the gym, you know, it didn't work out, you know. So at, at some point, we, we lose everything that we were believing God for. And oftentimes, we, we lose it not because we're bad people. I don't want you to believe that live in the pit of hell. We lose it because we don't have a good system. And so we don't have a, we don't have a, um, a method for framing our year. And so I would like to su suggest to you that the year is broken down into four quadrants. And for the most part, uh, if you look at the balance of the year, each quadrant is give or take 90 or 92 days. So you can, I want, I, you can almost reset every 90 days. So we are right now in the first quarter or quadrant of the year, excuse me, which is January, February, March. And so I want you to think about how, what are my goals in this first 90 days of the year? What do I want to accomplish in my spiritual life? What do I want to accomplish in my family and personal life? What do I want to accomplish in my, as it relates to my money and investments? How, how do I want to up my uh, romance game for my, my spouse? What do, what do I want to do? And then in quadrant two, April, May, and June, 
That's the next 90 days. So you might want to look at how did you do the first 90? What do you still need to work on? And I'm telling you, this is the level of skill and responsibility that those that are trying, I'm speaking to those that are trying to move from spiritual amateurism, amateurism, people that are trying to move from an elementary status in their spiritual life, because the spiritual dimension should inform all of these other areas. And this is how you begin to reign in this life. And this is how you start to walk in a different dimension. And so for quadrant three, uh, wow, I can already see me in a, a different country. So we have quadrant three, July, August, and September. My birthday is in September, September to remember. So I'm giving that shout out because I, I'm already expecting something great to happen in the month of September. Uh, God pray for my wife and my children. In quadrant four, this is the last 90 days of the year. Uh, October, November, and December. And this is why you get to the point where you say, dag, my year is over already? So I, I just want you to see how this can work. If I'm declaring, God, crown my year with goodness, your path drips with abundance, how do I begin to organize that? You begin to organize that. I'm offering a... a a proposal in terms of how you can start to master your year and God will say, daughter, son, I'm so proud of you. So let me show you a sample. I'm, I'm always willing to put myself on blast. So let me show you a sample of my uh, goals. These are just some very, um, just to give you an idea, I believe that we become what we see. So if you, if you put up the, the, the slide with my goals, spiritual goals, family and personal life goals, uh, health and fitness goals, and then life's work. And so here, here, here's just a sample. And I, I'm recommending that we create some system in terms of how to do this. So a spiritual goal, pray earnestly for the city of Philadelphia. That's a spiritual goal that I have, that God, I am asking you, to, to provoke me personally and corporately to pray earnestly for the city of Philadelphia. Because I'm believing God that the, the violence in the city of Philadelphia will be decreased. I'm believing God. I'm believing God, as he said in Jeremiah 29, 7, that as you pray for the peace of the city, that means welfare, as you pray for the welfare of the city, so you shall have peace. So I'm telling you, it's a spiritual strategy that as you pray for the city of Philadelphia, you will start to have peace. And that word peace means shalom, prosperity in all areas of your life. Here's another one. I want to share my faith with my family, friends, and neighbors. At least three people per month. So you want to look at how are you activating your faith? Now remember, People that are going to transform the world, they are not sit and get people. They are not 20-year people who sit and get, I just go to church, I just hear it, and I wait next week to hear it again. As you activate, as you challenge yourself and you, you collaborate with God and say, God, what do, you, what do you want me to do this year? How, ma how many people do you want me to share my faith with? What neighbors do you want me to meet? And so the last one is, I want to engage in a year-long study on the work of the Holy Spirit. Because as I, I believe that the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, has all of the information concerning the kingdom of God. The Holy Ghost is the teacher. He is my advocate. He is my friend. He is the one that teaches me how to walk in peace. He is the one that teaches me how to teach. He is the one that says, be quiet. He's the one that says, do this. He's the one that helps me discern. So I have to develop a relationship with the Holy Ghost for the other dimensions of my life to be effective. Now, here we go, family and personal life. I wanna increase my marriage credit score. That's mine, don't take it. So how do you, <laughs> ah! 
So there are, you, 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 yeah, people just looking at financial credit. There's a marriage credit score. Well, sometimes your spouse will say, wow, my husband or my wife has bad credit with me. Now, you, can, you only have to go to karma. You don't have to go to credit.com. You can, the Holy Ghost can give you strategies for increasing your marriage credit score. You like that, Dr. Arnold. So here's one, plan a romantic getaway. My wife would always say, I want you to plan something. Remember, remember what I said? Love means care. And care for a woman, gentlemen, get this, it means anticipation. So she wants me to anticipate what she might like. My goodness, you've been married 20 years, you should be able to anticipate what she might like. And so if I do that, I believe my marriage credit score will go up, probably do a love in the city tour, and then for my children, help them navigate the, what we would call their next step, the college process, or what we see next uh, for their lives. And let me go on to the health and fitness. This is important. I wanna, now people have been here time and time again. I did this before. And I didn't have a plan for the whole year, and that's how the weight came back again. So I want to drop 50 pounds. How do you do that? Lose four pounds per month. Break it down. I'm still in the spirit, guys. I'm teaching you how to plan your life. I'm still moved by the Holy Ghost. And so lose four, pound, uh, four pounds a month. 12.5 pounds per year and commit to working with a trainer three days a week. And here's the life's work goal. Publish this book called Be Inspired. Uh, the draft is already done uh, May 20, uh, May of this year. So let me show you, if you pull up, let me show you how this works. So there's a third slide which shows you the next one, the next one. There's a third, yes, that one. So, actually, go back, to the, go back to the one before. Go back to the one before, yes. So this is ideally how you would start to break this down. So you take your goals, all those goals that I just mentioned, and if you have goals for your life, you take those goals and you start to think through, what do I wanna accomplish in relationship to praying for the city of Philadelphia in the month of January. You might say, hey, the Holy Spirit is leading me to target music. He's leading me to target gun sales. I'm, go I'm gonna start to enter into that. Or he's leading me to join some more prayer groups with people who are praying for the city. You, I want you to see how this works. And so all you're gonna do because your mind can get easily overloaded and overwhelmed, all you're going to do is focus on those, that first quarter, January, February, March. What do I want to get done? And then we can go to the next slide. Let me show you how this works uh, in the practicum. So if I say that my spirit, let me, let me say this. Number two, study of the Holy Spirit. Study of the Holy Spirit. So in my study of the Holy Spirit, I might say, all right, what's the quietest time or the most still time for me to pray? For me, it's 5 a.m. And then as part of that goal for the month of January, read one Holy Spirit book. So I'm, I'm not reading 12. I'm reading one Holy Spirit book. Number, number three. So my goal is my, to increase my marriage credit score 200 points. For the month of January, I am going to plan a staycation. I am going to plan a staycation. In, that means I'm going to be in Philadelphia. We're going to give our kids some money. And we're going to say, you're on your own. You're going to be with grandma. You're going to be with somebody. But I am planning something in the month of January for my boo. All right? And so that's going to be very important. Why? Because you can't, you can't minister. You cannot 
minister to the world and not take care of first things. Watch this. God said you did all of this, but you forgot your first love. So it's, it's God, take care of yourself, your family, and then you go to work. Some people get it. Some people go to work and then, oh, oh, by the way, I need to do something with God. And so drop 50 pounds. Look at that. Look at number four. All I want for the month of January, four pounds. Now, four pounds over the course of 12 months, you do the math. And so what I'm saying is each, and as you get deeper into the year, you get better, you get stronger. And so all I'm saying to you is these are some things that are extremely uh, important. And then the last piece is uh, to publish the book. And so in order to get that done, I need to write two days a week in the month of January. So I just, I, I, I wanted to show you this. Um, I wanted to show you this whole thing because I want you to see that God truly desires to crown your year with goodness. And as you pray into the year, I want you to believe that, wow, all his paths drip with abundance. He has blessed me to be a blessing. I'm a lover. <laughs> I can be a fighter, but I'm a lover primarily. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a witness. I'm a prayer. I am a worshiper. And all of those things make up the, the dynamics of the kingdom of God or as an ambassador. But then as we drop down, God is saying there's certain things that son, daughter, I am going to take care of that for you. But then there's some other things. If you don't set a plan, and I just want to release this on you in Proverbs verse 16. It says, with the heart, that means your mind. I think it's Proverbs 16 verse 9. With the heart... You plan the way, but the Lord will direct your steps. So you can't sit and do nothing and say, I'm just waiting for God. He says, with the heart, with the mind, you plan the way, but the Lord will direct your steps. <laughs> and you all have been hearing constantly about this whole dynamic called the metaverse, meta. You know what meta means? It means beyond. That's Facebook's new, that, that's the new name of their company, that they're trying to take you to a realm that is beyond. Well, the word meta is in the Bible. It's in Ephesians 3.20. He says, I am able to do exceeding, abundantly, above and beyond meta, all that you could ask or think, when you write down these goals, that says to God, God, here's what I have. And then he'll say, daughter, son, I love you so much. Here's my surprise for you. I'm going to do beyond what you ever thought. And as you trust me, as you yield to me, I am going to allow you to step into the realm that is meta to step into the, 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 the technology people are, are thinking that is they're creating a whole virtual world. But God is saying that I'm going to manifest the world that I have already designed for you. And I'm going to manifest that right down here on this earth. I hope this was a, a blessing for you today. Um, I hope that we can come back and walk through some more of these these principles and concepts. If there's anybody out there today that's saying, man, I, man, I, I want to know that Jesus, Omar, that you're talking about. Well, you think, you think the good, he says the, it's the goodness of God, Romans 2 verse 4. He said the goodness of God brings us to repentance. It's the goodness of God that will say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to repent. If you're telling me that you're this excellent, you are this graceful and gracious towards me, I'm going to repent. 
So if there's anybody uh, out there that's saying, Lord, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ to be forgiven of my sin, to be where he can remove the penalty, the power, and the presence of sin in your life through accepting Jesus Christ. I want to invite you to do that by simply saying, Lord, I invite you into my heart. I believe that you died and rose again from the dead, that my old life would be buried, the part about me that misses your mark, that that old life would be buried. And I want to embrace the newness of life through Jesus Christ. And if you've prayed that prayer, you have now become a son and a daughter of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much and God bless you. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.